This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the besotted Pride of West London Roundup mini-pod. In this podcast, we'll be casting our minds back to the match at the weekend against West Bromwich Albion. We'll be hearing from Thomas Frank and Brentford's goalscorer Ollie Watkins, as well as listening to what the fans had to say post-match. Plus, we'll be chatting to Becca from Reading Blog and Podcast The Tyler's Den to get the lowdown on the Royals before the big match on Tuesday night. We'll have a brief roundup of the results of the weekend, and we'll look at how it affects Brentford. I thought we were solid throughout. I didn't think we... They, they, they're a good team and they had lots of the ball, but apart from bar, they didn't really have much of a uh, direct look in. I thought our defence was superb. Um, I thought Pinnock stood out, really. I thought he was immense. Rico was good as well. Pontus quietly organising. Uh, Henrik doing what Henrik does. I thought the back four as a unit was... Super. I thought it was a really, really good performance. Um... I'm very excited now. It was one of those games where I think for the last, what we played with them three times in the last couple of years, and in every game, I think West Brom are kind of had the edge, but tonight I thought we controlled it, really. They, what did they do? They hit, they hit the bar, and that was about it for the night. Pinnock was absolutely outstanding tonight. And, um, you know, in a game where your sort of defensive players control the game, then that, that's, that's got to be a good thing moving forwards. I, I think we generally look like, you know, top, you know, we, we looked like contenders tonight. We really did look like contenders. What a Friday night. And, like, massive to see us look like solid, solid contenders, right? Up there Listen. playing with West Brom, no question. There's only one team in this league at the moment that's looking as, as good as us, right? And it, it, it's us. So that was logical. No one is looking as good as us. There you go. Punchy. We've just beaten the top team in the division and we've done a properly professional job on them, like we did against Fulham. I was slightly um, worried by, you know, Jensen being injured in the warm-up and thinking, right, OK, we've probably set up with a game plan in mind. But no, you know, Brian Reamers got his reams of paper out. Did anyone see that in the sky? Um, you know, when he sent a camo on, here you go, mate, you do that and you do that and you do a job. Everyone knew exactly what their job was tonight. Uh, Pinnock, it's been said, was immense. Rico Henry, left-back, left-winger. What? I mean, he, he was just 
he was brilliant. He was absolutely unstoppable and uh, immense. And um, I have to say, you know, it's it's looking really, really positive. Um, the the whole sort of um, one game at a time. I totally get it. And, and we've we've done we've done Fulham. We've done West Brom tonight. We've got three games coming up. I don't want to count chickens. You know, feet are firmly on the ground, but. We have got an amazing chance of putting the pressure on these top two, I have to say. It was a, it was a cracking result, cracking performance. Thorough professional. I think West Brom had to resort to sort of trying to buy fouls off the referee and had to try to sort of manipulate the game in their favour, which I think is a complete compliment to us in the way in which we went about our business. Yeah, fantastic result. Really enjoyed it. If we'd have lost these two games, we'd have been struggling for playoffs. We'd think, oh my God, we've, we've gone backwards. But now, there's so much confidence in the team. Even if we don't achieve automatic, there's so much belief we can beat anybody. We, we, this is the first time ever that we feel we, we can do it. I think the belief's not just with us. I mean, we, you know, we're fans. The, the players the ones who believe that they can beat anybody. And that's the most important thing. What a fantastic result tonight. It has been a brilliant Friday night. Um, two things I would say. One, people have mentioned Pinnock, absolutely immense. But two, I think we ought to give credit as well to the backroom staff at Griffin Park because from what I could see through my tin cans, Griffin Park looked magnificent. Yeah, it would have been great to be there, but actually in a, in, it was of all the stadiums that I've managed to see where which have had no crowds in, the flags, the, the uh, people's photographs, the way that the, the ground had been done up made it look picture perfect for television and you almost, almost didn't regret not being there. Of course, I wish we had been there because boy, we would have been drinking long into the night to celebrate that victory. Thomas Frank was absolutely delighted with the result. It, it is game on. Uh, of course, uh, we uh, we have a chance now. Um, of course, we have that. Um, but I think the, the most important thing is that we focus on the next game and uh, we recover well tomorrow, uh, train well the next uh, days after that, and we turn up against Reading. And, and we literally can't use this to anything if we don't top perform against Reading. I'm not saying we, yeah, of course we want to win, but we don't top perform. That's the biggest thing. Then football is football. You can hit inside the post or outside the post. Uh, so if we turn up, and, and, and we should do, because we look good, uh, we look strong, um, we look at a good place. Uh, I think our defensive performance today was spotless, uh, bang on, gave one opportunity away uh, where they hit the crossbar. Uh, besides from that, we, we gave nothing away, uh, which is impressive against uh, the, the, the second most scoring team in the league um, and, and number one. Um, so I would have loved us to, to dominate the ball and the game even more on, on, on the ball. Uh, and I definitely would have loved us to, to, to hit home one of the two good counter opportunities we had uh, throughout the game. I think again the subs uh, helped, uh, they came uh, on and, and, and made a difference, Shandon and Brian, which was uh, fantastic. Um, uh, and, and not only the two subs, but also yeah, Camo came on as well, uh, but also the team, we just looked like we got that second air and we looked in a, in a, in a physical uh, unbelievable place. We know we are a good team. We, 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 we believe in ourselves, but we need to keep, you know, hammering that hard work in uh, to each other. That attitude where we are confident but humble, uh, and, and keep going, and that togetherness where we just are running for each other, fighting for each other, and playing for each other. And uh, now we need to be uh, smart, brave. Uh, we need 
we, we're going to need everybody, um, and um, and it's not it's not going to be a problem on Tuesday, uh, but but then things really going to accumulating. And, and I must say, of course, if you should play, praise, of course, the back four, I think they they did fantastic with. Uh, with uh, Pontus, uh, our, our captain, and uh, Big East in the middle, and of course our two fullback, Rico and Henrik, and then David so solid in, in the back. They, they did a top job, but, but uh, Oli Watkins, what a beast. Did you see his work rate, uh, and then he's scoring the winner. So good a pressing player, and he's so strong, so he can, he can drive the team, um, and he did that today. Uh, but you can't beat number one. Um, who's been in, in, in first or second throughout the season and I think West Brom is a top team and I think they, 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 they do so well uh, without the whole team performing. Uh, the, the fantastic picture of the season ticket holders behind us and all the, the flags and banners that, that just that made a difference so so everybody who uh, contributed to that was uh, it's, it's a big thing for us. Of course you, you want the noise and you want the, the feeling and the atmosphere but, but definitely when you come in and you see that that, that means everything to us. Goalscorer Ollie Watkins felt Brentford were unlucky, whereas West Brom didn't really have any clear-cut chances. All the boys are buzzing, you know, we worked so hard, everyone ran a lot, um, and yeah, we grinded out and got the three points. Yeah, you know, we, we can only hope and, and work hard and, and just make sure we deliver on the day. Um, you know, we've got good momentum now and um, hopefully no one, no one stops us anytime soon. You know, Fulham was an important game. Um, this was as well, so you just got to get on with it. Everyone's in the same scenario, so you know we just got to get on with it. Then this five subs definitely helps us. You know, fresh legs, everyone's ready um, to make an impact when they when they come off the bench. Yeah, I think the break's done us good. You know, everyone's fresh, um, everyone's really fit, as you can see out there, and you know I think we're we're raring to go. You know, we had a few. They didn't really have any clear-cut chances, um, you know, and they're at their top of the league. So I, sh- I think it shows how well we defend as a team. And, um, you know, hopefully we can go on to Reading now and, and get three points there as well. So how do the results of the weekend affect Brentford? Well, at the top of the table, Leeds comprehensively beat Huddersfield 3-1 to put them back at the top of the table and dumping Huddersfield into the relegation zone. In a match that was more reminiscent of Leeds of old than the performance that saw them go down 2-0 last week at Cardiff, the reality is promotion is Leeds to give away. Nate Silver's stats site, 538, actually currently gives Leeds a 98% chance of promotion. That's including playoffs as well. And an 81% chance of winning the title. West Brom, who lost to Brentford, are actually up one point this week. at 79% for promotion despite being beaten, but down four points to 16% to win the league. Whereas Brentford, who jumped to third place following their victory over West Brom and Fulham's loss to Leeds, are now up a point to 60% for promotion. Saying that, though, we're actually down from our February the 1st high point where we were around about 68% for promotion. And West Brom were actually 55% at that time. Fulham's have had their chances for promotion slashed to 21%. They're down three points, whereas Forest are actually up four points to 14% for promotion. Cardiff, they're the big players. Outsiders at 14% for playoffs in February. They're now 61% and nailed on, according to the stats people, for that transient sixth place. And a huge 46% ahead of seventh place PNE. So Tuesday night, Majeski Stadium, Brentford down the M4. 
not too far. Fingers crossed they won't be too jet lagged when they get down there. We've all been off for nearly three months, so need to get a little bit of a recap to find out exactly what is going on in the Reading camp. So we thought we'd go over to the expert, Becca White from the Tyler Stand. She knows everything about Reading, so she'll give us the lowdown. Becca, hey. Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad, actually. You, you, you're feeling sort of all cooped up. You, you, you're getting cabin fever yet? Yeah, I said I'm 15 weeks in uh, working from home. I think it's actually got a little bit worse since the football started. Obviously, seeing all the stadiums empty. It's just, oh, I, I just want to be back there. But I guess it's it's a positive that we can start watching our own teams again. That's right. It's a big positive. And obviously, we're watching our teams because both of our teams are playing football on Tuesday night. And uh, we can't be at the stadium, but we can actually watch them on the box on TV. It's going to be on the infamous iFollow. So we'll see how that will hold up on Tuesday night. I heard it crashed on the on the first the first one on the first Saturday. So fingers crossed it's not going to crash tomorrow. So if it doesn't crash... It crashed. I actually got into iFollow. And my mum messaged me and said, I can't get in. So I was like, oh, I'm in. And then I made the mistake of messaging her back and got kicked out. <laughs> so I should have just ignored my mum and got and got the earache afterwards. I know. I mean, tell us, I mean, because Brentford fans, most Brentford fans, because we were on Sky, so most Brentford fans were watching it on Sky. Some might have been on iFollow, but because we were the early game, the 12.30 game, we didn't get the big surge. So, I mean, what exactly happened? Was it a big hoo-ha? I think because I'd signed in before kickoff, so I think I was okay. And I think the the platforms just hadn't, they weren't prepared for, obviously, it's not just like the one game, is it? Like there's there's multiple teams on various different iFollow sites and it just like crashed. You just could not get back into it. And like I said, my mum my was one of them people that tried to do it and me being me trying to help her text her back and I, I then got kicked out as well a bit. I, I got mine back just at the end of the first half, so I missed our goal. <laughs> that, that, that's a typical thing that I do. So Absolutely gutting, really, really gutting. Your season, I mean, it's almost over. There's seven games to go. I mean, how overall would you describe your season? Um, it obviously started off relatively shaky. We had a good week in August, which seems so long ago now. Um, we had another change of manager. Um, Mark Bowen seems to have steadied the shift. But I just don't think you can get any more mid-table than what we are now. Um, I mean, it was even more so before the weekend. I think we were eight points off the playoffs and eight points off of the relegation zone. Um, but I weirdly kind of, I'm okay with the mid-table mediocrity after the last couple of seasons of being in that relegation fight from day one. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever been happy about being so average. I mean, I mean, and coming to that as well, because, you know, you're one of the very few teams in this division where realistically you're not going to go up, you're not going to go down. There's been a three month break and then your players got to come back and get fit again and then try and compete against teams who are trying to get promotion and other teams are trying to get relegated you know, or try not to get relegated, actually. Um, do you actually feel that the deck chairs have well and truly come out a bit early in Berkshire? I don't know. I think... There's been some really good from the from the two games that I've seen, or the game and a half that I've seen. Um, there have been some really promising things, but we've really let ourselves down in that we've we've conceded really late on in the halves. So um, Derby at the weekend, we conceded two goals in three or four minutes right at the end of the first half, and we came out and played really well in the second half, and obviously got the consolation goal back. And you kind of think, well, had you not switched off, like. We, we would have, I think we would have got more out of the game. Um, but then you see 
maybe there's not as much kind of passion because there's not as much to play for but then in the same sense eight points obviously before the start of Saturday's game um, like stranger things have happened in the championship and you kind of think like well maybe maybe it, it could have been as a, as a football fan you're always dreaming aren't you so to, to still have that like small hope of playoffs was, was quite nice but I, I think the gap now is just a little bit too big and I think I think these next like the next games up to the end of the season I think it's just going to be just kind of riding the storm really and on Saturday I mean you had Wayne Rooney starving and uh you went up to, to Pride Park or Pride Park or the, the iPro or whatever they call it now. I'm confused what they've called it. They keep changing the name. But you didn't come away with all three points. Overall, I mean, I know that you were really disappointed that you, uh, you basically, you know, very late in the first half, you kind of, you know, you let in out the goals. But were you overall disappointed with the result? Do you think it's a fair result? I think you have to say so because we were on the... We, we didn't play badly in the first half. Um, but Derby certainly were the better team. Um, but in the same sense, I don't think we deserved to go into the break two 0 down. It was just, it was just two, two moments where we switched off. Obviously, um, Tom Lawrence scored quite a good goal, um, and then it was just a, a, a trip in the box to give away the penalty that Wayne Rooney scored. But I, I, I think it probably was the fair result. Um, but it was, it was disappointing that we didn't play with the same intensity that we played. Um, in the second half throughout the game. And, I mean, talking about things that happened during the game, I mean, Matt Miesga, he uh, had a bit of a punch-up with Tom Lawrence, the goal scorer as well. Um, what did you make of that? I, I never understand how you get sent off after a game. Like, <laughs> y you've done all the hard work. Like, he had quite a solid performance. It was a, He'd just come back from a hamstring injury. Um, played quite well. He'd had he's had a decent season with us, and um, obviously he he was on loan with us uh, for a period last season. Um, done really well, and then obviously something's just made him lose his head. And I I, I didn't see it. They didn't show it on iFollow, or, or it blipped. I, I didn't see it. I saw it on Twitter afterwards, and I was just like, "What are you doing?" Like both of them, they they both deserve to to be sent off. But you just think. In Tom Lawrence's case, like Derby have won, I don't know why you're trying to like cause any trouble. And in the same sense, like Matt Miazga should have kept his call and not reacted. So it's, I see why they got sent off, and it, it was just when you then see it being um, like retweeted on, like it, it, it did go like viral, and it, you see it over and over again, and you're just like, oh, this is embarrassing. Just stop. I don't want to see it anymore. So, yeah. And how important, I mean, a player is he to you? I mean, obviously he's out for three matches now, which means that he, he, he may not see him, you know, between now and the end of the season because he is on loan from Chelsea. But I mean, against Brentford, how important a player is he and will he be missed? He has been important for us this season, obviously, when he's been fit. Um, like I said, he had a very good loan spell with us last season. Um, and he was probably one of the ones that, um, if we could choose to have them like come back on loan he was one of the ones where we were like oh yeah that, that's definitely like the person I want to see um but thankfully we've got a little bit more depth in the, the central uh, defensive role now so we've got um Michael Morrison and Tom McIntyre Canfield in into that role um and it, it's quite nice that we can effectively like rotate that position so it's not going to be the end of the world I like the look of some of your players I mean Ovi Ajaria you know, he's a he's a tidy little player. I mean, reports say that you're due to sign him 
in the summer. I mean, will he be playing on Tuesday? Do you think he's going to cause us some problems? Yeah, he's he's just one of those players that's been exciting and, like I said, a very average season. Um, he he has for for a player that's so young, he has such good like spatial awareness. He knows where the ball is going before he's even got it. The the tricks and the flicks are all just like part of his game and he's worked really well alongside John Swift this season. Um, Mark Bowen had been playing him out wide and he doesn't play as well there. Like he really shines when he's in the middle. Um, so hopefully he, he's played there again because he is really, really exciting to watch. And talking about Swift, John Swift, he didn't quite make it at Brentford. It was very early days. We had him on loan from I think it was Chelsea, I think it was, um, in the early Dean Smith days. And yeah, he, he's shown signs of being really good, but in the end we sent him back and then you end up signing him. Probably too early for Brentford, but um, quite a few people actually nominated him for the, uh, the championship team of the season on Sky. Now, he's actually come on quite a lot since he left Brentford. He's a, he's a good player, isn't he? Like Ajaria, he's got this real good eye for, for a ball. Like, you can see where he wants to send it. It always gets there. Like, nine, nine times out of ten, whenever the ball leaves Swift's foot, it's a good ball. He, he's, like, scored goals, assists. Um, he's been really important this season. And it's, it's definitely been his best season in a red and shirt. Um, I just hope that we can we can hold on to him and he can continue to grow with us because I think he's going to be important in the future too. George Puskas. Um, he, I don't think he's related to the original Puskas because they're from a different country, but he did cost you a fair bit of money, about £8 million, your record signing. Has he been worth it? I'd certainly say for the money, he's maybe underachieved. Um, he has had some flashes of brilliance. Um, I think... He scored two goals um, against Cardiff really early on in the season. Um, and there was one that was fantastic where he effectively ran like half of the pitch and scored it on his own. And, and then I was actually at the game at Wigan where he scored the, the hat-trick in four minutes and 54 seconds. Um, so, yeah, there's been some really good um, moments from him. Um, but I think I, I wouldn't be the only Redden fan to say that I think we probably expected a little bit more. Um, but... I, there's been rumours that he's going to leave and with the, the, the potential financial situation, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't hold on to him. Just wondering, who else are you excited about at the moment in the Reading team? Um, like I mentioned, um, Tom McIntyre for um, in the central defence. Um, he's one of our like young players. Um, he's been with us for a while um, and he's he's showed a bit of promise. He's, he's played a couple of league games this season already and I think he picked up a bit of an injury. So we, we didn't quite get to see as much of, of him. Um, so I think he's definitely going to be one for the future. Um, I think Yaku Meite's been better this season as well. Um, I think, again, he, he picks up a bit of momentum and then he sadly then picks up a bit of an injury. So it then starts to, you kind of have to start that cycle again. Um, so yeah, but definitely like our younger players, um, Michael Elise as well is another one. Um, he wasn't meant to start against Leeds, away at Leeds, which was the last Reading game I actually went to. Um, but Ajari picked up a, an injury in the warmer and he just really shone in that game. Um, he was really creative in that midfield and Leeds didn't really know what to do with him. And it's not often this season you've seen Leeds kind of struggle with players. They, they, they have been really good. Um, but, but Elise was definitely the, the, the standout performer on that day. And um, I think there's exciting things to come from him as well. Bowen's talked about rotating his squad for the Brentford match. Who do you think he'll rest and who do you think will come in? I, I never know with Bowen, to be fair. Um, 
sometimes it's a bit of a lottery as to who he's going to start. Um, he's not renowned for if you don't, if you, starting the same team every cool. week. Um, and I guess that's kind of one of the benefits of having a bigger squad. Um, it would be nicer to see well, maybe, um, some maybe of the, the younger players <laughs> getting a go, um, especially if they're going to be the ones that are kind of vital to this Reading team going forward. Um, there's a few people that are out of contract in the summer and there's going to be places that are going to need to be filled. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he does play. Tuesday, I mean, obviously it's a big, big game for us. I'm not saying it's not a big game for you, but it's a huge game for us because we need to keep the momentum going. You know, obviously we've got a head of Fulham and we've got West Brom in our sights. So, uh, and as far as I know, I don't think we've got any injuries. So we've got, you know, the BMW up front, the um, Bumo ben, ben Rama and Watkins as well. And we've also got Pontus Janssen with Ethan Pinnock at the backs all kind of keeping it tight with Henry and Dalsgaard. So, you know, we've got a unit which seems to work for us. I'm just wondering, how do you think the game will pan out and how will Reading be able to deal with both our attack as well, which is, you know, they scored you know 50 plus goals this season as well and our defense which is the second best defense in the league i think we'll start quite well um we've been renowned this season for playing well against the better teams um we tend to play to a level that the other team are playing at which isn't always great um i think defensively we can cope quite well like i said we've got quite a lot of depth in those positions um, it, it is going forward that I worry about, especially if Pushcast isn't firing. Um, but again, we've got the option of maybe Sam Baldock starting, which offers something different. Um, we do miss Lucas Zhao. Um, he, he's that strong kind of player that you need up front to hold the ball and stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm not as worried about the defence. It, it, it's more whether we can actually score some goals. So scoring goals, give us a score prediction I'll, I'll go relatively positive i'll go one nil redden we might we might sneak it <laughs> listen becca it's been great chatting to you and great getting an insight on reading the game tuesday night at the majeski stadiums listen good luck enjoy yourself hopefully not too much on tuesday and i'll catch you after the game thank you you too so on Tuesday evening, Brentford play Reading at the Majeski Stadium. It's kickoff time is 6pm and as there are no fans allowed in the stadium, the match will be broadcast exclusively on iFollow. You can get a matchday pass for £10 from the Brentford site and I believe it's £5 out of UK. If you're a season ticket holder, you will receive an access code for the matches. Make sure it works way, way before Tuesday night. If you listen to Becca there, she said there's all sorts of problems with iFollow. So you want to make sure that you're able to log in and everything is OK. You can catch a post-match podcast on Pride of West London after the Reading game. You can also catch the pre-match Wigan podcast on Pride of West London on Thursday morning. And don't forget, subscribe to Besotted on all good podcast channels. Thanks very much. For listening. Come 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.